Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast. And I'm your host. Let's see if we can pick out some some pretty cool um, music and stuff in the background. You know, I haven't given you guys an intro like this in a while because I've been busy, busy, busy. But um, so you guys got for today, little intro like that. See if I can find some jazz. I want to hear some jazz. See if I can find some jazz for you guys. So I have a lot of cool stuff I want to talk to you guys about. You know, a lot of cool stuff. And that's what we're gonna we're, we're gonna discuss for today. I also realized that the different filters for for anchor are gonna make sure that the music is for me because you guys are really not gonna hear it. They're gonna they're gonna try to minimize it, and I could let that kind of bum me out, but I'm not going to, because the music today is for me, so first and foremost, started my day today, and I go to grab some coffee, right, when I go, and I and I'm on my way to grab my coffee. Of course, you know, my executive producer, which is my son, he orders his coffee, right? And, you know, he has this, uh, it's like a custom, I call it ice cream for adults. It's like a coffee frappe blend, ice blended thing, right? So they wind up making extra, right? And when they do, guess what they do? They offer me the extra cup. You know, I ordered a hot coffee. And normally it's too hot to drink at this time. So, long story short, while my hot coffee cools down, I have the cold coffee, right? So, you know, life goes on. Everything is good. I start my day, right? My older brother calls me. He's uh he's got a lot going on. My older brother tells me, you know, once you you make a few dollars, you you disappear from the grid. And I said, "No, you know, I have to pay some bills, so I've been working like an animal, right?" So I said, "Well, all the business bills have been paid. All the home bills have been paid. Taxes are mostly paid. So, you know, not too much to worry about. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So we get into a quick conversation. I say, listen, I got to let you go because I got to record the podcast. And what we don't want to do is basically forget 
um, any of the things that I wanted to put on the podcast. So, for all of our new listeners, we want to welcome you in. And we want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Oh, look at my boy right here. Bobby, that's our boy from the other spot, yo. I haven't seen him in a while, but he does come through here quite often. So, long story short, um, for our new listeners, the entire focus of doing the podcast and how it was started not only did I do it for my business partners and, you know, it was a project that I had been working on, but I wanted to document how I built this company, right, from zero to a billion dollars. So, you know, I wanted to include as many people in the project as I could. And um, it's one thing, like, if I wrote a book after starting one company and this is how I did it, but it's something different and a higher standard for me to share with people the day-to-day, for people that are curious to see what the what what the actual process is, right? So, long story short, um, it is what it is at the end of the day, right? So, the consensus for me uh, was built on this on this premise, right? And the premise would be that you know, I would establish everything and, and as it's being developed, you guys will hear about it. So let me tell you guys where we are today, right? Yesterday on the way home, I started listening to a few music business podcasts, right? Because, you know, I'm going to be stuck in heavy traffic and in the heavy traffic, I'm going to use all of my time to do all of the things that that I can do, right? So maximizing my time, what I basically do is I record the podcast sometimes when I'm heading in one direction and I may engineer it when I'm heading in a different direction and then I may be reviewing it as I'm driving, commuting throughout my business ventures and then on the way home, you know, I'm going to patronize somebody else's podcast. I'm going to listen to their content, right? So, these young guys, they're talking about the music industry, right? They're talking about the music business. And I'm thinking about new marketing strategies of exactly how I want to do these things, right? So, as I'm doing that, ideas start popping into my head. So, I said, okay, let me develop these ideas and let me communicate that and convey that to all of you, right, as as I'm going through the process. So here it goes. This is what I'm thinking to myself. I'm thinking about two different factors, right? Factor number one is, you know, as I'm learning about this style of, of content creation, for example, as I'm learning about it, I'm automatically thinking business, so I'm not thinking about the content that they're creating. I'm thinking about how to connect with these people and how to remain in communication with them and get their insights on this huge project that I'm working on. So I think about everybody from Choke No Joke to Doggy Diamonds. Um, Just to give you an example, 
right? You have Miss Wendy Day. I'm trying to reach out to Deborah A. Fucking Dame Dash. You know, all these people, right? To see if they cannot, let's say, for example, if they cannot partake in the project, maybe they could point us in the right direction. So I realized the second thing. Well, it's very easy to identify the people that I want to work with because they're always trying to connect with potential talent, right? So in in one of the particular episodes, these people are A&Rs. They've worked on several projects, and now they're making a living, like they're making an income doing it, right? So automatically, I'm like, let me present the project to them. Let me get some insight. The same thing applies to everybody else. It's like I'm making everybody else the same proposition. Like, listen, I'm going to authorize you to shop this deal. I got my top five, right? But now I'm expanding that outreach by reaching out to a completely um, new group of people, right? Now, because of that, everybody is still going to have the same opportunity. In other words, everybody's going to be able to shop the deal, right? Now, whoever closes the deal, I offered a percentage. For example, out of my top five, the top two people, I offered them a very good percentage. And I believe like like Marcus Limonis, right? My first deal is always my best deal. So whoever can get the deal done is going to have an ownership position because now I'm opening up my company stocks. So like, for example, one of my stipulations was I want a company preferred stock as part of the advance um, that yields a dividend. Okay. And um, I also want the balance in digital assets such as Bitcoin. And Bitcoin only for the time being. So all of these wonderful things are taking place. So what better way for me to showcase that to you guys than to explain to you the method behind my madness. Let's take, for example, an outlet like a Doggy Diamond or a Star Report or Choke No Joke, right? And shout out to all of them. First of all, they speak about the culture of music and hip-hop. And, you know, they're involved into a lot of different things that deal with the industry, right? But even though they talk about the culture and they talk about the industry, they also talk about the business. And they often, um, I guess... They often speculate on current events. So if you notice, their market cap is completely different because even though it's all urban music and it's mostly rap and hip-hop, they'll talk about pop music or pop current events. They'll speak about R&B and R&B events and things like that. So they're not just one-sided in, in, a, in a way, right? In a way, they're able to focus on multiple markets. So what that would do for me is, let's say for marketing, a lot of marketing firms will say, well, 
let's go to the influencers because you know for example on tiktok i have access to all of them they all have a price based on their following and, and what they're doing so that's also a side business for them right so let me fast forward this i don't like this song it's so gloomy Why the heck would they put that song? There we go. So, basically, it, it comes down to my perspective shift, right? Yes, I want to go to an influencer outlet that has a broad spectrum and a broad market, right? So, that's, that's one thing. Now... If they can talk about different aspects of music, that's a whole different perspective or spectrum. If they talk about the business, that's a whole completely different perspective or spectrum. So these are just like small examples, right, of how I'm doing direct marketing or, or, or influencer marketing. But the influencer outlet is completely different at every interval. So then I'll give you another example. So you have this group of gentlemen, right, who they they have this podcast where they talk about business and that's how they stay in connection with their fans, right? But they're also, in a sense, like leasing out their, uh, their services because, you know, if enough people submit new projects to them, they get to cherry pick which projects they want to invest in. So it's like a win-win because in a sense, what it technically is, is organic marketing, but really it's like owning an investment firm and then having a funnel for entrepreneurs to be able to not only connect, but present new business ventures. And, um, that is amazing how they're able to execute that. So what did I think? I thought first to myself, I'm there to learn about some of their strategies, right? Because, you know, you have to, when you when you seek out information, you have to get every data point. So I'm looking at different demographics, different markets, different parts of the world that all do the same. They're doing artist development in a sense. But they're approaching it differently, yet they're all having results in their particular market. So I realized the business opportunity. I'm like, listen, I could connect with these people in their markets, and I can literally break into their markets, right? I had a friend of mine on his podcast, and he said, well, to be successful in all the markets, you need a PR department and a marketing team in every market. And I'm like, no, we have the internet. The internet facilitates that. We're just not using the right filter to look at the, the potential of the opportunity in that way. So now the light bulb goes off and I'm like, well, why don't I send them the project, get their insight based on their input for their market, and then kind of tailor what I'm doing with business um, from that point forward. So what winds up happening is that I realize this is how I need to connect because I don't need to seek these people out. The, their new business model 
is to seek us out. So I'll give you an example. These two gentlemen have a podcast about the music industry and let's say how to break in a new artist, right? So digital marketing, digital content creation, and um, there's another term for it. It's like... uh, it's like affiliate marketing, right? Where you sell your products through a company that gets a percentage from every sale, right? So, long story short, I'm trying to use all of these things, right, to to my advantage. Because this project is so big and this technology is so new, there is no clear cut path right i have to use a combination of everything as a matter of fact yesterday i had a small business meeting and um you know as i'm connecting to one of my newest business partners i'm like listen you know you're going to connect to my network in this way and you're going to receive a lot of like um promotional things from like a mailchimp and stuff like that and it's because i handle everything so whatever i can automize i can you know I can get more done by doing it myself. But basically, in the business meeting, I had to take a portion of the time to explain that I do everything myself. So I'm connected to a computer and the internet 24-7, right? So long story short, the meeting commences and all these ideas are just flowing through me. So on my way back home, I'm listening to the podcast and I'm getting all these ideas. So now when I'm home... I hook everything up to my studio and um, I'm considering exactly how we're going to how we're going to cut this deal, how we're going to put this together. And even with my brother, who I spoke to this morning, I don't want to overwhelm him. But I told him, I said, listen, I spoke to Wendy Day. You know, she closed the deal for cash money. She closed the deal for Eminem. Of course, she's my top choice, not only because I've worked with her before, but because she's the person that could really make the deal happen, if not. Worst case scenario, she could point our staff and our team in the right direction for the simple fact that she would know how to package the label deal and she would know how to package the artist deal. So that's like two out of the three major negotiations, right? The only other person that I could think of is Debbie A, which Miss Deb. She could close the deal, but more on the artist side. Wendy Day has done the label deal for cash money. And, of course, it's her biggest accomplishment. Outside of Eminem is the number one selling artist of all time. So, you know, another part of the negotiation is that Bad Bunny's on a 90-10 split. So, I asked for a 95-5. So, I feel that... With Bad Bunny's success the last five years, it merits for me to ask for an additional 5% because the growth is going to be 1% per year. So in five years, people are going to be negotiating the last three basis points, right? So it's going to be a 97 deal, a 98 deal, and eventually a 99 deal, right? Because there has to be some type of profit or some type of new structure, be it NFT-based or whatnot. So... Another key factor for me is for the evaluation, every proposal from every different company is a little bit different because I may include the NFTs in one deal, but then I may include the older catalog. 
And at the same time, I may include the 21 catalog, but I can negotiate that separate from the 22 catalog. So all these key factors are important because they're going to determine the valuation of the deal and what we are willing to accept to achieve that goal. So getting a deal may not be enough if it doesn't have the correct stipulations. For example, I told Ms. Wendy Day yesterday, I said, listen, we retain full ownership and we retain full creative control. So shop the deal because the, the material is already there. Like the hardest part, it's already done. So even in the sense of production budgets, we don't have to spend anything on production because everything's already done. So if anything, we may need a budget for engineering, for mastering, and for packaging the actual products and services. But the core of what the company is, is completed. It's like if I was Apple, the iPhones are already built. I already have the MacBook Pros, the AirPods, the iPods, and the iWatches. So now it's just how are we going to market this iWatch? How are we going to market this iPhone? How are we going to market this MacBook Pro and MacBook Air and everything else? And shout out to Apple because they sponsored a few articles in my magazine. So shout out to everybody that tunes into to Future Tech Plus. But um, basically, the light bulb goes off again because during these marketing explanations, they're talking about identifying what it is that you're trying to sell. So I'll give you an example. Let's say um, when a record is created, the incentive is the live venues, right? The live events. And let's say that the advantage is um, the merchandise sales. Well, you know what I thought about last night? My merchandise is the NFTs. I'm not selling T-shirts at this moment, but it doesn't mean you can't order them online. I'm not, I'm not just going to have a fucking warehouse full of merchandise. But guess what? With the NFTs, now we have something digital. Now we have something that's tangible. Um, when we close the deal with the, with the clothing company, they're all the way in Japan. And every piece of clothing has one of my NFTs. Nobody's done that before. So I'm bypassing the system at every turn. So this is an advantage. Now... The goal for my company is to win the race. So I'll give you another example. With Guinness, throughout their certification process, they already have a few business partnerships, especially with Reebok and with Microsoft. So what am I thinking? NFTs, Microsoft, that goes together. What am I thinking? Apparel, Reebok. Well, guess what? Reebok lost a lot of leverage to Under Armour, um, Adidas with the Yeezy brand, Nike, of course, is the dominant force. So that leaves an opportunity for me because even if you look at artists such as Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey Hussle had an endorsement deal with Puma. So they're a completely different brand. They're on a completely different spectrum. So me being able to capitalize on Reebok is huge. Plus, this deal I got myself. So the same way that we were offered the, the label deal, for Apple, I secured that deal. So I'm not going to have a joint venture, uh, business venture with a company that can't beat that because I could do that by myself. So why would I need anybody else to come take part ownership 
or any type of limited partnership in my company, right? So the same goes with United Masters, right? United Masters has contracts with like the NBA. They have contracts with YouTube. They have contracts with a lot of uh, other uh, companies that it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll do business with them. But what it does mean is that it's going to have that possibility open. Even if I have to use it for leverage, even if I have to use it against another company and say, well, you know, we have fucking NBA with the NBA 2K series on board. So what can you guys do to beat this deal? Then there was a conversation where they were talking about sync deals, right? Where, you know, the budget to, let's say, let's say to clear a song for a film. Let's say the clearance is 15 to 25,000. That's excellent for me because that money will go to marketing. So now we're going into the, like the, like the pay structure, right? For Miss Wendy Day, you know, I have to pay her half a million dollars a year. That's $45,000 a month. That means every week she's getting 11000 almost $12,000. That's fucking $2,000 a day because you know she's not going to work on the weekend. So what is the value for that? Is she able to close the deal? That's the only way I could suffice paying her this kind of money. So needless to say, we're still negotiating that part of the contract, but she also has to be able to see the bigger picture because I'm offering her a part of that preferred stock. But at the same time, I'm making it a stipulation that if we go into a partnership with, let's say, Universal, right, that just partnered up with Title, well, we have Title as part of the the deal with United Masters, right? Steve Stout is still very good friends with Sean Carter, Jay-Z, but Jay-Z no longer owns Title, And it's messed up that Universal now, by default, becomes the biggest distributor, even though we know that Sony has the biggest power. So I had somebody from Warner Brothers write me yesterday, and this is already the second or third time in four or five months. So... You know, what I did was I sped up the process. I said, yo, you know, let's stay in communication, but I'm also entertaining some deals from Sony and from Universal Title. So when I say Universal Title, he's like, how do you know about the the, the, the merger or whatnot? And I'm like, listen, man, I get it from the tree. I get it from the source. I know that's not going to be popular news for maybe another month or two, but I found out. As soon as it happened, I found out two or three days ago. And again, it goes back to that contract that was signed in the beginning of 2021 before I launched the NFT collection when the Billionaires Boys Club, they did more business in two weeks than most people did for the entire fucking past decade. And one of those deals was liquidating title and then Jay-Z getting a, a, a senior position at Twitter and then Jack Dorsey closing a a $9 billion deal and then selling it to fucking Twitter 
I mean, selling it to Elon Musk, selling Twitter to Elon Musk. And now Elon Musk just yesterday sold preferred stock in Tesla again to continue to fund Twitter. Like, this shit is going to bankrupt him. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, but that's what it's looking like right now. There's like a 70% chance this guy could lose it all over Twitter. And is it really that important? I really don't think it is. But that's another conversation. So, long story short, this puts me in a situation where, you know, I'm learning from everything. You know, this entire process... It's something that um, is teaching me so much. But this is while the process is actually happening, right? Give me one second. Let me... Because, of course, YouTube is going to try to get free commercials. And it's cool because we're business partners. So, on this is live. So, long story short... Now, I'm putting all these things into perspective, right? I have a way to connect. I can connect with the right people in almost every market. If not every direct market, every extended market, or every major market. So now I'm like, why the fuck am I paying these people all this fucking money if they're not really doing anything that we can't do? If anything, I need to build a new team. A new team of younger people that fucking get it, that know how to use a computer and can follow strict instructions. I need you to do this. And if you can make it better, make it better. Right? So, it puts everything back into perspective because at the end of the day, I'm still negotiating the deal. So, I'll give you an example. My older brother, who's also one of my business partners, you know, this nigga has been on some slacking shit. So I had to put him on timeout. Today he's like, oh, why you put me on timeout? I said, listen, I had to fucking send you to the dungeon because I cannot have any distractions. So I cannot afford for you to be fucking up what I'm putting together. Once it's already going, we'll talk about everything else. But for right now, you got to be on timeout. So what do I have him in charge of? Family matters. I have a property that I want him to manage for me. I want him to take over that investment. You know, my mother will be a business partner. She will be involved. I leave him in charge of that. The music shit, it's a back-the-fuck-up moment. I can't have you fucking this shit up. So while I'm over here cooking up the soup, you got to be over there cutting some vegetables. Because in this kitchen, there can only be one chef. Right? So this is my way of sending a clear message to all of my loved ones, right, all my family members, like what I'm trying to do is the equivalent of launching the new Microsoft, the new Apple, the new Samsung, right? I cannot afford for these people to fuck up what the fuck I'm doing. Because remember, I'm the artist. I don't just own the label. This is my fucking music I'm negotiating. And I got to be a a shrewd negotiator. I got to put my best on the line at step one, I've made it clear to everybody, either I get 100% of what I'm asking for or I'm not interested. And I have a structure to survive and maintain myself and my brand and my music as it is. So yesterday I was supposed to record. I was unable to. Today, 
I have no choice but to record because I have to handle basically everything else. So what can you guys learn from this? A lot of what success is, is doing everything yourself. It doesn't mean you can't have a team or a staff and you can have people complement your attributes. You can have those things. But ultimately, entrepreneurship is about making those tough decisions. So when I sent the deal to Deb A, I also sent it out to Dame Dash and I also sent it out to Casey Graham. But then yesterday, I also sent it to Wendy Dane. Now, I'm going to connect with these two young bucks, which they're green, right? They're super green. But they do have a lot of things that I think I can give them an opportunity. At the same time, there's a company in the UK that I've worked with in the past. Um, There was a, a gentleman that I tried to make an offer to, make a proposal you know, he was just money hungry. He's just thinking about the money, the money, the money. And I'm like, yo, you're not going to make it in my company because I'm offering you ownership. I'm offering you some long-term, you know, American pie. You're over here thinking about the fucking mint that you get after you fucking eat at the Olive Garden. So you're not looking at the full meal. So, again, I have to maximize all of my profits, right? So I have to maximize my pursuits. Everybody's going to have a chance to shop the deal because the people that don't shop the deal or that don't close the deal, they're going to regret this shit for the rest of their lives. Like this is that once in a lifetime fucking home run that if it just falls in your lap, right? Maybe you're praying. I'm a religious man. So you pray God sends me, right? You fuck up the blessing, I got to go. So there may be a marketing company has no idea what the fuck they're going to do tomorrow, how they're going to pay their bills next month, what they're going to do, what's going to be their growth strategy for the next two to five years. And here I come. I got a full portfolio. We got a docu-series coming that would be a sitcom that would turn into a fucking uh, streaming program that will turn into a film that connects to the music videos, that connect to the music, that connect to the live events, and everything is behind the scenes. You're seeing it as it's it's happening. And it's like you're walking away from all that shit when we know that the big money right now, as much as this deal is going to be huge, there's even bigger money when it comes to film. There's even bigger money when it comes to, you know, Europe, Asia, Canada, Everywhere outside of the United States. So for me, the United States, this is my last market. This shit is like retirement money. It's like pick up a few million doing the the stadiums here, and that's it. I'm not even interested. And then I'm using that as marketing. Because you also, like I said earlier, you have to identify what you're going to sell. Right now what we're selling is not just the artist. We're selling an entertainer. We're doing live events. We're connecting with the people directly. So guess what? They have to pay for that. That's a premium service. The majority of labels are so focused on streaming. For us, streaming is just promotion and marketing dollars to get more exposure. 
just like a friend of mine has an independent label, very successful, him and his wife. They go to Sony to try to secure a, a, a joint ventureship, right, for like a few records. And what Sony's able to offer them, they can beat with their own budget. So I'm in the same predicament, like, you know what? Fuck the labels. I got my own fucking label. Why do I need their funding when I could put my own millions of dollars to do my own shit? And then, short term, I'll be chewing on a fucking cable and I'll be uncomfortable. But long term, with two or three concerts, it's game over. You know? For example, in the Dominican Republic, you know, I could do the Sports Palace and that's 25000 crowd, right? I could do three days. That'll be 75,000 um, attendees, right? 75,000 fans fit in three days. Or I could do the Olympic Center. That's 60,000. And I could do that in one fucking day, in two hours. You know? So I don't give a fuck what the industry says. Not only would I do the three concerts at the the, the Sports Palace, and do those 75,000, that's one weekend. On the next weekend, I could do the Olympic Center and do another 60,000. How much is that? That's 140, 150,000 seats that I'm selling by myself with no fucking, with, with no support from nobody. Now, granted, Bad Bunny did the, the, the Olympic Stadium. He did that, I think it was two nights in a row. That's 120,000 tickets. I'll beat that nigga by 70,000 tickets. Even if his tickets is more expensive, it doesn't matter. It's 175 fucking thousand seats sold by me, by myself. That's not including guest DJs, open mics, talent shows, fucking other artists that are hot in the streets that I can give them a, a, a comfortable budget to perform. And what they do in 10 shows, you know, they'll be able to do in one event. So what the fuck do I need the label for? I'll give you another example. My boy started a, a beer company, right? In my own country, they made that shit so complicated that he had to go all the way to Europe, to Spain, to get the fucking beer manufactured there, right? So now he can order the beer put it on a fucking jet, put it on a fucking boat across the Atlantic, bring it to Dominican Republic, pay the taxes, and now he gets to sell it directly to the stores. So now the beer companies in Dominican Republic, they're trying to wage a war against him, but he tried to do it through them, and they have the whole system fucking controlled. So guess what? He did it independently. He has a better quality process, has a better product, at a better fucking price, and he owns the whole shit. So the motto and the understanding is like, fuck you. You don't want to let me in through this door? Don't worry. I'm going to fucking shoot a missile on this side of the building, and I'm going to come in with my fucking squad. And that's what he's done. So I'll give you an example. There was a famous carnival equivalent to like the Jazz Fest, right? It's, it was the vegan festival in Dominican Republic. The event takes part over four days, right? My friend was going to have his beer there. The local company started to compete against him, and they pulled him out of the event. Well, guess what? He has a deal with all the five major airports. It's the only fucking beer you can get at the airports. You understand where I'm coming from? So 
they tried to close one door for him, and it opened up many doors because in the airport, people are flying from all over the world. So what's the first thing that happens? When you go to Dominican Republic, you get off the plane, they give you a cup of rum. They give you a beer. Welcome to Dominican Republic. Guess what fucking beer everybody from Europe is going to see? They're going to see my friend's beer. Everybody from Asia, what beer they're going to be introduced to? My friend's beer. Everybody from Canada, everybody from the Caribbean, everybody from Central America. So now you thought you were hindering his growth? No, you just fucking helped him. Because everybody's going to know the story, how you guys try to shut him down. You wouldn't give him a fucking chance. And now all the people that travel through the world are tasting his product. So when they go in the island to vacation or whatever, they're going to say, oh, that's the beer that we got at the fucking airport. You know what I'm saying? So now, guess what? People are going to patronize it. Then when they go buy the, the beer in, in public outside of the airport, they're going to make an emotional connection because everybody loves the underdog. They're the new guys in town. Everybody's trying to shut them down. So why are these big fucking elephants worried about the little ants like me? Because like a bullet fucking ant, I pack a big fucking punch. When I fucking sting you, it's going to hurt. And if you kill me, it's going to stink so bad like a skunk. Yet, look how small is, is a fucking bull ant, a fire bull ant defender compared to an elephant. If the elephant didn't feel cornered, if the elephant didn't feel intimidated, they wouldn't try so hard to keep everybody outside of their realm. And that's truly what is happening here. So... I take the same approach with the music industry. I looked at a Vision Jet for me to buy it myself. I don't need no fucking company to buy me a jet. I buy my own shit. I got my own money. I look at the Honda Jet. I don't need no fucking company to buy me a Honda Jet. I buy my own shit. I want one for myself, one for my business. I need another jet for my family. Why? Because now, how much you think I'm going to fucking charge if I fly in in a private jet? That's going to cost you. You're going to pay for my jet fuel. You're going to pay for my pilots. You're going to pay for my landing fee. You're going to pay to store my plane. And I don't want my jet in the outside. My shit is going to be in the inside climate controlled. So, again, what are you going to tell me when I can fucking fill the sports um, palace by myself? When I can fill the Olympic Stadium by myself? You think I give a fuck about Madison Square Garden when that shit only holds 34,000 people? When I could do a hundred and something at Dallas Stadium? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it just, it is what it is. And you have to be clear, cut, and direct about it. So, in business, sometimes we got to fucking think outside the box. And we got to know not what the cost of things are. We got to know what the value of things are. Because in the same way that my friends, like when, when they go on tour to Europe, they go twice a year. For people back home, that's like huge. My nigga, I'm going to Europe every fucking month. What the fuck you mean twice a year? Fuck that shit. And miss out another 10 months of money? Because, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, they're Spanish artists, so they don't really speak no English. They don't really know how to negotiate. They need a business partner just to put a song to stream. Because since they don't have American citizenship, 
they really can't do that. You know, it's like, you know, they need to pay taxes and shit. So they got to have a business partner. So now all these people that have jerked them all these years and gave them these fucked up deals. Here I come. I got a deal for you. I'm going to let you keep all your music. I'm going to let you keep all your publishing, all your copyrights. I need you for the live events. Do a few shows with me and you got the whole rest of the year for you. Give me five shows and you got 52 shows for you. Who's going to turn that down? I'm an artist. Who's going to write a better contract to sign an artist than me? I know I like my freedom. I want to do whatever fucking records I want to do. I want to do whatever kind of songs I want to do. I want to do a song. I do a song right now and release it right now. I don't have to answer to nobody. I don't have to worry about nobody saying approved. Fuck that shit. I want my money up front, including the budget to do the records. Because I want full ownership and I want full creative control. And if not, fuck you. My motto is fuck you, pay me. You want me to perform at your fucking little awards? I got you. It's going to cost you. You want me in your movie? It's going to cost you. You want me to wear your fucking shirt? You want me to fucking give you a jingle for your Papa John's pizza commercial? Fuck you, pay me. That's it. There's no friends in this shit. This shit is a fucking business. And it's harder when there's not a clear-cut path. This is how you do it. No, I got to negotiate the deals. I got to close the deals. I got to write all the emails. I got to make all the phone calls. I got to leave all the messages, all the voice messages, all the fucking text messages. I got to do it every day, no matter what. You know why? Because it's my company. And it's my motherfucking millions of dollars invested. So nobody's going to care about my future and my kids and my fucking family more than I am. So anybody that does business with me, they need to understand that. You know what's my drive and my motivational force is the people that I love, especially my wife and my kids. Fuck everything else. I don't give a fuck about nothing or nobody else. And on top of everything, I actually have the music. You see, it's like we got to go through all the business shit to get to the importance these artists get in the game, get these deals, and they ain't got no fucking music. That shit is going to change. Because I got the catalog, and I own my catalog. I don't just have a repertoire. I own all my fucking, every song that I have, I own. So, you're going to have to write the check if you want to do business with me. Because I'm here for the fucking money. My kids need millions. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. My kids need millions of dollars in the bank to do what the fuck they want to do. And they can't do it with fucking, well, we'll see what we could do. Well, when you write the motherfucking check, we could talk business. If not, fuck you. Pay me. Where's the money? Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Show me the money. I want to see the money. Because it's sad that at the end of everything, not only do I have the music, the music is better than everything on the market. And everybody's trying to see how they could get a piece of the pie. Well, 2% of a trillion dollars is a lot of fucking money. You know, 1% of a trillion dollars is a lot of fucking money. So, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We'll check back in tomorrow. And as soon as I get to my office, I'm going to be fucking email blasting everybody. Why? Because the weekend is creeping up, and it's my time to praise God and be with my family. So, you know, 
All negotiations will end either tomorrow or Thursday, and then we'll see next week or the week after. And, of course, you guys will get to be a part of it. So, for today, I would like to wish you a marvelous and amazing day. May you conquer everything in your path, and may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me, and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. Thank you guys for your time, and we'll see you on the next one. All right? And let's go get these millions for our children and babies. Holla back.